0: Well, I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter eleven. Luke eleven. We're going to be looking at the first thirteen verses here today. Luke eleven, one through thirteen. God's word tells us that you now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, "'Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, "'and I have nothing to set before him. "'He will answer from within, "'Do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. "'I cannot get up and give you anything. "'I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, "'yet because of his impudence he will rise and give him whatever he needs. "'And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. "'Seek, and you will find.' knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened what father among you if his son asks for a fish will instead of a fish give him a serpent or if he asks for an egg will he will give him a scorpion if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him well may god bless the reading and hearing Of his holy word to us this morning. So, today, as you see here, we are looking at the Lord's Prayer. I personally did not learn the Lord's Prayer in church as much as I learned it at the baseball fields where I grew up. That may seem odd to some of you. I started playing baseball when I was about five years old, and I played every spring for about the next 11 years. And I cannot remember every game I ever played, of course, but our practice, practically every game that I can remember, was that before the game started, we would gather as a team before the start of the game, and we would all say the Lord's Prayer together. The only question was whether we said, you know, forgive us our trespasses or forgive us our debts, whichever one we, whoever, I guess if, if it was a reformed person or a or a Catholic, or whoever might be, the whatever denomination the coach was, that's how it got led. But we always said the Lord's Prayer uh, at the beginning of baseball games. It was practically part of the game itself. It's part of the tradition, as as much as the umpire saying play ball. Before that, we said the Lord's Prayer every game. And I want to say we did it during football as well. And I don't know why we did that. The petitions in the Lord's Prayer have little to do with playing baseball uh seems like we we better spend our time praying that we would be safe or that we would uh, have a good time or that we would learn the good lessons of teamwork and sportsmanship or you know even pray to win i don't you know but we were all praying the lord's prayer and i don't know what it was it was more like a, a functional good luck charm i think you felt like you had to do it you needed to do it or else maybe god wouldn't bless you in it i'm not sure but we can use that uh, in the same way in our lives. The Lord's Prayer is kind of a, a good luck charm uh, where we, uh, or just some ritual in which we mindlessly engage. The words are so familiar to us. We've heard them, many of us, all of our lives, in church and even out of church, as I've just told you. And, uh, and we can recite it without really considering what it is that we are asking of the Lord. Well, in Luke's gospel, we are presented with a short form of the Lord's Prayer. You may have noticed that there as we read it. It's not the typical prayer that we usually say when we, when we say the Lord's Prayer, as we said at the beginning of the service. Uh, but if you want to see that longer version, it's in Matthew 6. That's the fuller version, which is exclusively uh, recited in churches, etc., well, this morning I uh, want us to look at Jesus's teaching on prayer in these verses, and focus not so much on the individual petitions of the Lord's Prayer. That's a typical way to approach the passage. You can go and read the Westminster Confession, uh, not the Westminster, but the Westminster Catechisms, the shorter or larger catechism, or the Heidelberg Catechism, and they have a wonderful exposition of each of the petitions of the Lord's Prayer, and you can learn a lot there, and I commend that to you. Um, but Today, we want to see what Jesus teaches us about prayer in these passages because that's the question that is being addressed to Jesus or the request that Jesus is given by the disciples. They say, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, Jesus has been there. He's been praying before them, and they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so he does so. Now, to begin with, and the, and the one thing that stands out to me above everything else about what Jesus says here about prayer is what he, what he begins with. He begins with the, the, the term Father. Father, or uh, if you look at Matthew's, our Father who art in heaven. He doesn't begin with Lord or God or even Yahweh, which is God's covenant name that he revealed to Moses, but he begins with father, father. And in the final verses of the passage that we read, Jesus comes back to that idea of a father and a child and relates that to prayer. So this so Jesus is really trying to impress upon us this understanding of God as a father. Now I know that that uh in a in a group this big some people had great fathers wonderful loving fathers some people had fathers who may have not been so much that way or maybe your father was not really a part of your life at all Um, i don't think that makes a difference because we all know what a father is supposed to be like and god of course is the perfect father and that's what jesus is stressing here for us today that he is father we take this for granted because, of course, we pray the Lord's Prayer regularly and, uh, and we have been taught maybe to pray uh, in that way, addressing God as our Father. We talk about God being our Heavenly Father. Uh, so we take that idea for granted, but in Jesus' day, coming off the Old Testament era, uh, this would have been revolutionary for Jesus to address God as Father, as I mentioned earlier in the service, uh, the, the writers of the Old Testament certainly believed in the fatherhood of God, but they saw it mainly in terms of, uh, of a sovereign creator father to whom they owed their existence. God is referred to as father 14 times in the Old Testament, and, and it's done so rather impersonally. It's more about the groups of people uh, uh, like in ours, father of the fatherless and the widows. Um, Often it is used in reference to the nation of Israel, not to individuals. God was spoken of as Israel's father, but Abraham, for example, never referred to God as his father nor any of the other great saints of the Old Testament. The Jews were so focused on the sovereignty and transcendence of God that they were careful never to repeat his covenant name yahweh or jehovah they guarded that distance between the creator and the creature but when jesus came on the scene he addressed god as father in all of his prayers all his prayers address god in that way the gospels record his using father more than 60 times in reference to god and really that does capture the difference between Old and New Testaments in a way. No one had ever in the entire history of Israel spoken and prayed like Jesus. And here's Jesus teaching us to pray in that same way. To think of God as our Father and to pray to God as our Father. Look at verse 5. He gives us these, these, uh, these examples. Uh, a man has a friend... Uh, or, or he, he puts us in the position of being the one going out in the middle of the night asking for bread. Which of you has a friend at, who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, "Friend, lend me three loaves." I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to any of you. Uh, that's just mean, man, to come knocking on the door at midnight asking for some bread because you got a visitor in town, and you weren't expecting him, perhaps. And you say, "Hey, get lost." don't bother me the door is shut my children are with me in the bed everybody's everybody's in the in their cozy warm beds and I don't want to get up and give you anything well he says though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend yet because of his impudence or his persistence he keeps knocking on the door you just want to get rid of the guy you'll give him whatever he needs And then he goes on and says, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. And then he takes our attention back to the father in verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent or ask for an egg will give him a scorpion? No father would do that unless he's just a really mean father, hateful father. And that's what Jesus is saying. This is one of those how much more parables. Sometimes Jesus told parables and he meant for you to see an example from life like this example uh, or the example of the unjust judge and the widow keeps coming to the unjust judge and asking for justice and, and she wears him out with her coming. And the judge says, you know, I don't care about this woman's case, but but I'm going to give her justice just to get her off my back. And the point Jesus is making, how much more will God give justice to his people? In this case, if, a, if we evil, sinful fathers, we just know we should give good things to our children. We want the best for our children. How much more will a perfect God, a, a holy God, desire to give good gifts to his children? That's what the point it is that Jesus is making? God is not like the the friend at midnight who begrudgingly gives you what you ask just because you wear him out by knocking on the door so much. He will gladly answer the requests in a way that is in our best interest. God is perfect and holy, and He will give His children exactly what they need. He is not a begrudging giver. Like the first scenario, uh, God wants to help his children. He's attentive to the cries of his children. Well, who are his children? People like to talk about the universal fatherhood of God. And yes, in one sense, God is the father of all humankind, in that he created everyone, he's the creator, we're the creatures. But this teaching before us today is more specific. It is directed at his disciples. The disciples are the ones who asked the question in the first place. They're the ones seeking to know how should we pray. The disciples, the followers of Christ. It is these disciples who have believed in Jesus. They're his followers. They have received him into their hearts and their lives. And it goes along with what John 1 tells us. John 1, verse 11 through 13 says, He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Those who received Him, those who believed in His name, Those are the people who have been given the right, all the rights to be children of God. And it's a spiritual birth. It's a spiritual renewal that God gives. It's a legal, spiritual status that is conferred upon people who receive Christ and believe in him and trust in him and put their lives in his hands. Paul tells the Galatians, in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith through faith, through trusting in Christ. How clear and vivid is your assurance and certainty of God's fatherly love towards you. You know, we we always have a confession of sin in our service and and part of that is a recognition that we we do we are not perfectly holy. We fall short of God's standards. We actively do things that are wrong we fail to do things that we should do Uh, these are sins of omission and commission Uh, we sin in thought word and deed and and when we live in sin it puts a distance between us and god it breaks our fellowship or our communion our relationship with the lord because we know we're not doing what our good heavenly father wants us to do and when we don't have that assurance and certainty of God's fatherly love towards us, often it's because we, have, we are harboring sin in our lives. That's one reason we confess our sins. We keep coming back to him and humbling ourselves before him and asking for his forgiveness and cleansing, which he gives to us, and being reminded again of his fatherly love and care and concern for us. You'll notice in the petitions that we have, as Jesus teaches us to pray to our Father, one of the things we're always to pray for is that the Lord would forgive us our sins, forgive us our debts, and help us to forgive those who have trespassed against us, those whom are our debtors. So forgiveness is an important part of that, for us to have that assurance and certainty of God's fatherly love towards us. Romans 8, Paul says, All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That word Abba is like Dad or Daddy. Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And God, our Father, gives the good gift of the Spirit to his children. And you you see that in the passage before us here he says you know which uh, father you know will give a give a serpent in place of a fish or a scorpion in place of an egg verse 13 if you then who are evil know how to give gift, gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him so you would think logically verse 13 would would go like this If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good gifts to you, to those who ask Him? Well, that's because the good gift, the greatest gift, the best gift that God gives us is His Spirit. It's His presence with us. He's dwelling in us by His Holy Spirit. He's close to us. He, He dwells in us, and He leads and guides us into truth, away from sin. That's the work that the Holy Spirit does and so many other wonderful things. He's the comforter. that that reminds us that we are his and that we are safe and that there's hope for eternity. God, our Father, gives the the best gifts, the gift of the Spirit to his children and all the other things that we need as well. Well, so we're called to pray, right, as his children. If we have received him, we put our trust in him, he calls us to think of God as our Father and to to run to him with our requests. But what do we do? What do we tend to do? Even as Christians, at at best, we forget to pray, and at worst, we just neglect to pray. It's too often our last resort. We, We have a problem, and our mind immediately goes to, well, how can I fix this? What do I need to do? What buttons do I press to get things right again? and we try it on our own with our own efforts and we forget to pray or we neglect to pray it should be the first thing that we do ask our father for help it reminds me of my own father my own, my dad could fix anything he did that in his life i mean he the family had a business with a lot of machinery you know conveyor belts for getting fish off boats and boats that had diesel engines and and all kinds of contraptions and freezers and refrigerants and you, you name it. There was an engine or a motor, and, it all, and there was always a problem. Eighteen wheelers, and he could fix them all. He could work on everything. So anytime I had a problem, I would say, Dad, can you, <laughs> my car's doing this. Uh, can you fix it? And he usually could, could suss it out and figure out what it was doing. It reminds me of a funny story when Catherine was in college my father had a brain tumor and, uh, and he was not allowed to drive anymore. You know, he passed away a few years after, after we moved here. Uh, but Catherine was off to college and her car was doing something funny. I, I think the clutch was slipping or something like that. And he wasn't supposed to drive, so she was going over to say goodbye on her way back up up to Mississippi State. And, and uh, she pulls in there and I said, well, we'll ask, ask Papa to look at your car and see what he thinks. And so he calls me back in about 15 or 20 minutes, and he says, yeah, I I took it out, and I got it up to 90, and it it seemed to be doing fine. Nothing's wrong with it. It was great to be able to call on him, somebody who could solve the problem. He may have lacked wisdom in his later years, (laughs) driving around with a brain tumor at 90 miles an hour. But I think about that when I think about God I mean what can't God fix? You know what can't God deal with and and who's more wise to bring your problems to than our heavenly Father who knows all things and and has absolutely one hundred percent our best interests at heart? Notice the encouragement that we get in verse nine uh, I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. There's no greater encouragement to prayer than that verse right there. And you notice there the rising intensity. Ask implies just requesting assistance for a conscious need. We realize our lack, and thus we ask for help. And and it also... Uh, exhibit some humility when we ask we 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 recognize we can't do it on our own we need some help we need some wisdom we need guidance or whatever it is that we need seek denotes asking but adds action to it it's a bit more active it's not just to express our need but to get up and look around for help it involves some some effort and then knock Includes asking plus asking plus acting plus persevering at it. Someone keeps pounding on that closed door. Persistence in prayer is what he's talking about here. Jesus is calling us to passionate prayer, like Jacob wrestling with the angel or like Hannah praying fervently for a child. That's the kind of prayer that we're called to. I saw a A quote by Tim Keller went along these lines. He says, only a child of the king can wake up the king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water. If you're just one of the lowly subjects of a kingdom, you're not going to go up to the palace and go to the king's chamber and say, hey, king, can you get me a glass of water? You know, he'd probably get angry at you. But if you're a child of the king, you can go right in and, and ask him for that glass of water and he will gladly get it for you. John Newton said, To be humble and like a little child, afraid of taking a step alone, and so conscious of snares and dangers around us as to cry to Him continually to hold us up that we may be safe, is the sure, the infallible, the only secret of walking closely with Him. Do you walk closely with the Lord in dependence upon Him? That will be expressed in prayer, in a life of prayer. Are you confident that you are a child of God? Have you put your trust in Jesus? Have you received him as your Lord and Savior? If so, then pray. Pray, ask, seek, knock. Now, he may not give you exactly what you're asking, but he will give you exactly what you need and what is best for you because he is your Father, your loving, heavenly Father. And he teaches us exactly what we need in the petitions that he gives us to pray just here's what you need to pray for he's taking care of us and prayer is one way he has given us that he is taking care of us so let us pray to the lord let us pray now father we thank you father we thank you that you have given us such a wonderful encouragement to pray lord we don't like to Admit that we can't do it on our own, or that we need help we we want to be self-sufficient, we're proud, not humble. We think a lot of ourselves, or oh Lord, we think we should be better than we are, and we should be able to fix it on our own. Forgive us for that. Lord, we ask that you would help us to live lives of utter dependence upon you, listening to your word carefully hearing the answers to prayers that you give us from your word as well as in our lives. We pray that we would humbly submit to you in all things and that you would lead and guide us by your spirit in our lives, in our walk with you. Help us, Lord, to recognize that we are needy, and that's okay because we are children. We're never not going to be your children. And we thank, thank you for that, Lord, and that means forever we will be completely dependent upon you. Lord, I pray for those today who who are not assured of your of your great love. Who don't know you as a heavenly father. Lord, we pray that you would grant them repentance and faith. Pray, Lord, that they would step out and put their trust in you. To pray to you that you would forgive them and cleanse them and draw them into your family. We pray that you would assure us all of your great love today as you have so wonderfully given us these words in luke's gospel Impress them upon our hearts we pray that even after we leave this place as we go about our and back into our routines for this week that we would not forget to pray or neglect to pray but that we would be renewed in our dependence upon you expressed in prayer Lord, we may, we pray that we would we would walk with you. We pray that we would be encouraged as we finish out this service, as we gather together to fellowship around the table. We pray Your blessing upon that fellowship and the food that we're about to eat. You you told us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And Lord, we have had spiritual bread here from Your Word today, and we're going to have some physical bread some food that has been provided for us. We thank you for those good gifts that you have given to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.